Since Russia's attack on Ukraine, Taiwan has made global headlines with scholars debating whether the war would embolden China to attack. On Thursday, top Taiwan officials took questions from lawmakers about national security. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu said China would pay a heavy price if it misjudged the situation and launched an attack. If the Chinese government misjudges the situation and arbitrarily takes military action against Taiwan, it will certainly pay a heavy price. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu blasted Beijing, warning it to not act rashly. The defense minister was more measured in his remarks. Once fighting erupts, to be honest, everyone involved will suffer. Even the victor will have achieved victory at a great cost. And of course, as for the loser, this matter is something that truly must be considered more. He said the defense ministry would not run away from a war, but that a war would benefit neither the victor nor the loser. He also noted that Ukraine was holding its own against a much larger enemy force, with tactics that could prove useful to Taiwan. Our military is referencing how Ukraine took the characteristics of the domestic battlefield and its experience with cognitive warfare, incorporating them as a rung of its asymmetric warfare. Ukraine established the concept of everywhere is a battlefield, implementing the practice of training at all times. The CCP intends to take advantage of the Russia-Ukraine war to continue to exert political and economic pressure, military coercion and united front infiltration upon Taiwan. In coordination with the whole national security team, we are monitoring the war's impact on our security as well as the CCP's current military activities. We are collecting early warning intelligence on its infiltration and cognitive warfare operations. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Taiwan's national security units are on high alert as they monitor China's every move. Since the war in Ukraine, China has tried to present itself to the world as neutral, refusing to condemn or actively support Russia. But its media coverage makes clear where it stands. Chinese state broadcaster CGTN promotes the official Russian line on the war, namely that Russia is in Ukraine to save its people. Hong Kong-based Phoenix TV does the same, blaming Ukraine for harming civilians. Here in Taiwan, an expert says China is backing the propaganda to rationalize its future aggression against Taiwan. With Russia and Ukraine at war, Hong Kong's Phoenix TV sent reporters to the southern Ukraine town of Mariupol to follow and cover Russian soldiers. The armed forces of Ukraine are not allowing refugees to go in the direction of Mariupol. Buried under the rubble, there are many people who were killed when they were hiding. We wanted to escape through the humanitarian corridor, but Ukraine did not allow us to leave the city. Both the journalist and his interviewee appeared to push the Kremlin's official line. Similarly, Chinese state broadcaster CGTN largely echoes Russian misinformation. Is to put down its weapons not only in the Donbass region, but also in the rest of Ukraine. This will save soldiers' lives, save civilians' lives. Civilians have been killed in armed operations by the Ukrainians. 
In this CGTN interview, a Russia-backed Ukrainian separatist blames the Ukrainian army for the death toll and says Russia's army came to save the people. In the wake of Facebook's ban on ads from Russian state media, CGTN stepped in to buy ads promoting Russian propaganda. Meanwhile, on the website of China News Service, there is photo after photo of Russia's humanitarian aid. China is doing this because it wants to rationalize launching a war in the Taiwan Strait someday. It wants to be able to say, the PLA must liberate the suffering compatriots of the Republic of China, that it had no choice but to send troops. China will cry out in pain, even as it's hitting you. That's the heart of the true predator. The expert minces no words, saying that China is helping Russia bully the people of Ukraine by spreading lies. Lawmakers say Taiwan must do more to fight brain drain in higher education. According to DPP lawmaker Chen Shoubao, China is intensifying recruitment of students and faculty at top Taiwan schools, poaching them with job offers and scholarships. On Thursday, lawmakers asked the education minister what's being done to stop the outflow of talent. For National Taiwan University, National Tsinghua University, National Yaming Jiaotong University, National Chang'ang University, and National Sun Yat-sen University, we have special regulations under which the government pays to cultivate talent. Where does this talent end up going? How can we gain an understanding of this? We should not address this issue with rigid restrictions. We want to use rewards and incentives. The government can partner with local companies to retain this top-tier talent. You should work more closely with the Ministry of Economic Affairs, the Ministry of Labor and the Ministry of Justice to ensure that our talent stays in Taiwan. The education chief says the government will crack down on local businesses that illegally recruit talent for Chinese entities. He added that the government will offer scholarships to encourage students to start their careers at Taiwanese companies. Belize Prime Minister John Briseño is on day three of his visit to Taiwan. On Thursday, Briseño attended a press briefing on the Taiwan-Belize Economic Cooperation Agreement which came into effect this January. At the event, he encouraged Taiwan to deepen investment ties with Belize, especially in the sectors of tourism, agriculture and renewable energy. We come. We're still enjoying the warmness of the Taiwanese people, your friendship. I want to tell you that we will continue to support Taiwan. Taiwan should become an equal partner in, in world affairs. Once again, Belize Prime Minister John Briseño declared his staunch support for Taiwan. On the third day of his five-day stay, the head of Taiwan's Central American ally praised the warmth of the local people. He expressed hope that Taiwan and Belize would deepen their economic and trade exchanges. Whilst Taiwan is a much more developed country than ours, we look at Taiwan in finding ways of how we can learn from you. Since the Taiwan-Belize Economic Cooperation Agreement came into effect this January, 199 Belizean imports, including meat, lobster and juice, have enjoyed preferential tariffs in Taiwan. Meanwhile, Taiwan steel and auto products have been subject to reduced rates in Belize. According to the Economics Ministry, bilateral trade volume exceeded 11 million NT in 2021. Officials say there is much room for growth in the tourism, agriculture and renewable energy sectors. 
In 2021, the dollar amount of bilateral trade increased by 76% compared to the year before. Today, the people of Taiwan can enjoy Belize's delicious lobster and chili sauce right at home. These products can be purchased directly online. As I mentioned, I've been to Belize many times. It's a beautiful place, paradise on earth. It offers not only sun, beaches, but also very inter interesting eco tourism, uh, also archaeological sites, mile sites, etc. So. Uh, I hope that our tourism sector here will also find out more about Belize. Belize is known as the Pearl of the Caribbean. Hailing its unforgettable beauty, the official urged Taiwanese to visit the allied nation once travel restrictions lift to support the friendship between Taiwan and Belize. Well, have you ever considered adopting a stray dog? That's the question posed by table tennis whiz Zhuang Zhiyuan in a new video. Zhuang is passionate about dogs and feeds a whole pack of homeless dogs near his home in Kaohsiung. Over the years, he's roped in lots of comrades to the cause, including his own mom. Now, you want, now he wants you to fall in love with the stray dogs on your street. Olympian Zhuang Zhiyuan produced this video to help stray dogs find new homes. His precious Niu Niu is there to greet him when he comes home to Kaohsiung. This kind of love can't be faked. Zhang's love for the pooch is infectious, and Niu Niu is a regular at his table tennis club. She was once a stray, just like more than a dozen other dogs who now all live in the courtyard of the club. He would come out of training to go out and let off steam, and he saw day after day these dogs out there with nothing to eat. So he rang me and asked me to come and feed them. After that, I started coming back and gradually got to understand stray dogs. When Zhuang isn't winning international trophies, he's devoted to his canine companions. His Facebook posts are full of them. Even reports on his tournament progress are filled with information about how fans can adopt their own strays. Zhuang's dedication and love for the creatures has totally won over his mother to the cause. At first, she was quite afraid of them. After coming here two or three years, I started taking care of the stray dogs on the street here. They're all neutered, that's the main thing. Out of a sense of humanity, we feed them until they pass away naturally. That's what I can do. I used to be very worried. If he ever stopped playing table tennis, how we'd handle the costs? He said he would find a way. Mrs. Lee couldn't hold back tears as she told us about how the dogs are mistreated. The family hopes the new promo video will bring in more friends for these vulnerable pooches and find them warm homes of their own. Of course, we hope that anybody who doesn't like dogs won't attack them. With Zhuang's help, perhaps some of these homeless dogs will soon have a roof over their head, or at least get a warmer welcome from the people they share the streets with. Taiwan reported zero local cases on Thursday, for the first time in more than two months. Officials said they were still investigating two infection chains with an unknown infection. Also on Thursday, Taiwan reported 82 imported COVID cases, the most since the start of the pandemic. Let's hear from the CECC. Today we have 82 imported cases, which is a new high for us. Yesterday, we had a relatively large number of people enter Taiwan, about 2,500. Of them, 1,536 people from 26 flights were tested upon arrival. Tests came back positive for 65 of them, for a positivity rate of 4.23%. 
We aren't afraid of big numbers. Everything depends on whether people follow the rules. If they stay inside during home quarantine, if they don't let other people in, if they avoid contact with others, and if they carry out rapid tests properly after the 10th day of quarantine. These measures are what will influence our approach to reopening. The greatest number of imported cases arrived from Vietnam, followed by Thailand. Health Minister Chen Shizhong says that quarantine compliance will be crucial to keeping the virus out of the community. Taiwan is now giving gifts worth up to 500 NT to older adults who get vaccinated. The incentives are for people aged 65 and older who get a first, second or third shot between now and April 10th. The program will be paid for by the central government, while local governments will decide what gifts to offer. The Taipei Stadium Clinic isn't open yet, but already dozens of people have gathered outside. To encourage vaccination, the CECC is offering 500 NT in vouchers or hygiene and educational products to recipients 65 and older. These older adults say the incentives aren't the main reason they're getting the shot. I wanted to get my shot, so I'm getting mine. The 500 NT makes no difference. I wasn't able to book a shot before, so I couldn't get vaccinated. I'm not getting my shot because I wanted to get 500 NT. Back when I signed up, they weren't offering any vouchers. I already knew that I should get a shot. Of course, anybody would be happier to receive 500 NT, right? As of March 7th, about 689,000 older adults in Taiwan had yet to receive a single dose of a COVID vaccine. Starting Thursday, people aged 65 and up, as well as indigenous people aged 55 and up, are eligible to receive a 500 NT voucher or another gift for each shot they receive before April 10th. Kaohsiung and Taoyuan offer an additional 200 NT to older adults who get booster shots. Nationwide, people aged 18 to 64 are eligible for 200 NT vouchers upon receiving a first or second shot. Over at Far Eastern Memorial Hospital, COVID shots are available on a walk-in basis. The hospital says that since the 228 Peace Memorial Day long weekend, fewer than 400 older adults have gone in for a shot. But on Thursday morning, when the new incentives launched, older adults accounted for one-third of all vaccine recipients. Older adults might have been waiting for the epidemic to calm down a bit. There are some who don't really go to crowded places. Since 8 a.m., the number of people we have serviced, we've administered more shots to people aged 65 and older. Some of them were here to get their very first shot. Online bookings are now open for the 26th round of vaccinations. Officials urge eligible people to get their shot to boost the vaccination rate so that border restrictions can be lifted. The Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association, which turns 50 this year, has released a video celebrating the friendship between Japan and Taiwan. The video comes just ahead of the 11th anniversary of the March 11th Tohoku earthquake. It shows us how the victims of the earthquake rebuild their lives with help from Taiwan. Ties between the two countries have remained strong through the years. Today, many in Japan are concerned about Taiwan's international status. According to a recent poll by Japanese newspaper Yumuri Shinbun, more than 80% think that Russia's invasion of Ukraine could push China to attack Taiwan, creating a threat to Japan's security. Now we turn to a bright star in the world of dance, Taiwan's Xie Yuxian. 
Trained in Spain, this fiery dancer returned to Taiwan in 2015 to forge a career in flamenco alongside her mother. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with Xue to learn more about her latest original creation, which will be staged on April 15 and 16. This is Xue Yuxian speaking on her upcoming show, Carmen Bolero Immortal. She explains that the choreography was inspired by her family. My biggest inspiration for creating Carmen Bolero Immortal was my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother and my mother are women from two different generations. Why is it called Carmen Bolero Immortal? Actually, my mother is like Carmen, a feminist, a very colorful person, someone who's very sure of herself in society. My grandmother reminds me of Ravel's Bolero. From the beginning to end, it's the same. The melody doesn't change. She's the most ordinary woman in the world. I want to give back to Taiwan with this creation. She said the choreography was also inspired by the Camino de Santiago, a pilgrimage route in Spain. In addition to my grandmother and mother, my inspiration was also the Camino de Santiago. I think everyone is on their own Camino de Santiago. Only you know the hard work, blood and tears encountered during the trip. You may not understand everything until you make it to the end. I chose the music for the choreography myself. Anytime Spanish dance music is used, it relates to the pilgrimage. Xue's dance journey began with ballet and flamenco at three years old. At the tender age of five, she decided to become a professional dancer. When she was 12, she became the first dancer from Asia to be accepted into the Royal Conservatory of Dance, Marima. At 19, she graduated first place from the conservatory. She was recruited by many international dance troops, but she chose to return to Taiwan in 2015. I've been in Taiwan since 2015, and now I am entering my sixth or seventh year here. During the entire process, I felt that the nourishment that Taiwan gave me was completely different from that of Spain. Living in Spain is very simple. You just need to be a good dancer. But the nourishment given to me in Taiwan is about the connection with the land and the relationship between people. In fact, there is a stronger relationship. Over the past few years, I began to create and share my own journey and feelings about my different stages of life. Since returning to Taiwan, she has participated in various performances and art projects with her mother's dance group, Genio Dance Group. Their newest project is Carmen Bolero Immortal. Here in Taiwan, I have worked on flamenco creations and Formosa flamenco for more than 20 years. I am very happy to have new people join. We use elements like Spanish dance and Taiwanese songs and folk music to create a flamenco that belongs to Taiwan. This effort began with my mother, He Lianhua. Spanish dance is different from other dances. Whether it's your gaze or your body language, you can't fake it. You just have to be yourself. Carmen Bolero Immortal will be staged on April 15th and 16th at National Taiwan University of Arts. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Gong Zhong Yi in Taipei. A family in Pingtung is overjoyed to be reunited with their lost dog. Four years after she went missing, Cha Cha the Pitbull disappeared four years ago just outside the Ling family home. After falling into the clutches of an illegal breeder and then moving to a dog shelter and almost getting adopted by a new family, Cha Cha is finally back with the Lins, who never lost hope they would one day find her.
As soon as the gate opens, Ms. Lin embraces Cha-Cha after much too long apart. Ms. Lin cries with happiness to be reunited with her animal. Four years ago, at just six months old, Cha-Cha disappeared after getting lost outside the family's front gate. She went with mommy outside, and my mother's getting older, so she suddenly needed the toilet and went inside. When she came out again, our doggy was gone. The family searched high and low over the last four years, never catching any wind of Cha-Cha. Then one day, they were watching a news report about the Taiwan Dog Lovers Association, who received a group of pit bulls rescued from an illegal breeder. The Lin spotted their beloved Cha-Cha straight away and contacted the association. Her microchip had to be scanned twice, but eventually it revealed her identity. She was indeed the Lin's baby. This mark here, and this one, and also her foot. We kept on comparing them, and that's how we knew it was her. I can hardly believe it. She was searching for her for almost four years. She never got another dog. She always believed they would find Cha-Cha. After Cha-Cha got lost, she fell into the hands of an illegal dog breeder and was used to breed pit bulls. In November 2021, the underground breeding operation was busted by animal protection groups, who saved 108 dogs. Pingdong Agriculture Department scanned the dogs' microchips as soon as possible, but Cha-Cha's identity slipped through the net. She lived at the Dog Lovers Association kennel for three months. Just as she was about to be adopted by a new family, the Lins appeared to claim her as their own. If I ever catch them, I'll sue them for all they've got. They stole my dog and made her have so many puppies. Regarding the return of the dog, it has already been registered, so there shouldn't be any issues. The Agriculture Council has banned the purchase of pit bulls since March 1st. The Dog Lovers Association had to hurry to find its charges good homes before that date. Nine dogs were adopted in total, but surely none can have been as overjoyed as Cha-Cha, who is now back with her original family safe and sound.